0: On today's episode, I sat down and chatted with Brian Shu of Millbourne Real Estate about an exciting new project from Pemberton coming to the St. Lawrence market. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True, True Condos, Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time, Brian Hsu. Brian Shu is with Millbourne Real Estate. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Brian, I know we've worked together for many years and uh, just looking forward to chatting with you today. Of course, we want to talk about time and space condominiums uh, by Pemberton, which Correct. I know you've been working very hard on. Uh, excited to, to hear about that. But first, before we get into that, let's, um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started in real estate um, and how did you end up uh, where you are now?
1: Okay, well, you know, so uh, I grew up in a real estate family. And so ever since I was young, like we, I mean, both my parents are realtors. So we used to really work, they used to farm the Chinatown area. And they they, they actually still do. So uh, when we used to go to New York City, you know, most people go go look at the Empire State Building. And, you know, go look at, you know, different tourist attractions. When me and my family would be going to open houses in New York City, which is... Ironic, but you know, that's what we did when we were kids. And as we grew up, um, as the condo market was booming, the first really big condo, uh, pre-construction condo market was done through city place. So back then I used to be lining up. I used to be the guys lining up for people, for one blower, you know, city place, multiple phases. And, uh, and then eventually I started working as an assistant. Uh, and then I got into the, you know, the uh, pre-construction side working for Hunter Melbourne and uh, turned into a sales, eventually gone to management and uh, now I'm here.
0: That's great. Yeah. And you've, um, I mean, you know, you're a relatively uh young guy, if I might say, in terms of uh, the industry as a whole, but you've probably got more experience than, you know, people who are twice your age because you've been, uh, you literally, like you said, grew up in the business and. Your mom is a. Your parents are very well known in the in the community and in the real estate industry. Um, and the, you mentioned City Place. What uh, do you remember? What was the first building that you remember being involved with there or lining up for? Do you remember which building it was or what year it was? Or
1: yeah, that was uh, probably in the early two thousands. Yeah, and it was uh, N one and N two. Okay. and yeah. They
0: remind us the. For those who don't know, which, which buildings are they? The N1 and N2 buildings? are. Uh,
1: I believe that was 15 Fort York and 11 Brunel Court. And there's another address, but yeah, mainly those two. Right. Uh, and then afterwards was uh, 25 Telegram, which I don't remember what it's called right now. I think it's called Montage. And so I was lining up for that and also Luna Condos, which was the one next to it. Right. Uh, 10 Caprio, I believe the address is.
0: So you've really seen the condo market sort of from its infancy when, like you said, city place was, you know, in a lot of ways, sort of the beginning of the sort of the condo boom that we're still in, I know 10, 15 years ago. Um, just curious, like what, how would you say like things have changed since then versus yeah. how, what's still the same? What's, what's different from those early, early days of the condo boom?
1: So, I mean the, the, how it's process <clears throat> is, is, is different and, and what, uh, what the, the buyers want and what the clients want, what the tenants want has changed, you know, in, in back in the city place days, I remember one bedroom, one plus tens were the most popular units because of price points, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays, uh, larger suites are more popular, uh, because people are starting to understand or realize that, you know, they need to move back downtown and they need to bring their families back downtown because, you know, they don't want to drive an hour and a half from Ajax to downtown on a daily basis. So the, and even the tenants are changing. Back then, like a one-bedroom is definitely living just one person. And nowadays, because of affordability, sometimes one-bedroom is shared between two people. Um, and uh, right now, what's really popular is actually one plus dens with two bathrooms uh, because you can share with two people. Uh, and in particular, our time and space condominiums, our dens do have solid doors in them too. For the most part.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in those city place days, you'd see, you know, one plus den with one bathroom would be, what, around 750 square feet.
1: Yeah, it would be, you know, 650 and up. Yeah. And also, the den was, you know, in the furniture packages, the den would have a desk. Right. Nowadays, we're showing a bed. Right. So, um, you know, and, and back then, the dens were like, you know, eight by nine, much larger nowadays, you know, nowadays dens are about seven by eight. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit smaller, but you can still fit a bed in. Um, and, uh, that's
0: just a new reality of, of how people are living. Isn't, it? I mean, what would you say to like the new condo investor who's hearing that and saying, you know, two people living in, you know, 650 square feet? No way. It's, it's not, it's too small. Like that's something we hear a lot like, but you're on the ground. You're, like you said, you're seeing the changes over the years. Like are well, people actually living like this? What would you say to the, the new condo investor who has a hard time wrapping their head around these, these kind of spaces, spaces? People adapt
1: to what they, what they have and what they need. right? So the smaller space you have, you just have less things. So if you, if you look internationally, if you look at Hong Kong, for instance, uh, 500 square feet is probably a three bedroom because their bedrooms are actually six by seven. Their beds are always against the wall. You know, and uh, actually, their window seal is their closet. So that's how miniature they've been for right. years. So we're not the, we're not rediscovering something new. We're just bringing something that already exists to Toronto.
0: Right. So the, what do you think is driving that? Is it is it simply just affordability? And like you said, people, not everyone, but most people do not want to have a super long commute, and most people want to live close to work, and whatever their budget. Uh, allows them to that's what they will adjust to is that, that, is that, that that's part
1: of it that that's definitely part of it but the other part of it is lifestyle is changing for people you know uh back when we were growing up uh you know it was always about you know eating at home with your family and all that and you know now you know people that are even older than myself people go out and eat a lot more so nobody's cooking as much at home uh, so you don't need to be in your house as often as you used to. Now there's a lot more amenities. You can go downstairs and use the gym, this and that. Back back twenty twenty years ago, nobody went to the gym. Right. You know, you stayed yeah. at home and you know Nobody you, ate out. Nobody ate out. Right. You know, very few. I mean not yeah. nobody, but yeah. I mean there's a lot less restaurants in Toronto. Like yes. now it's it's a big boom because, you know, the society
0: is different. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um curious, I know you you and your family have been investing in condos as well for you know, for at least as long as we've been talking, maybe longer, I don't know. But um, what, uh, like, what, what tips would you have, again, for the new condo investor? Like, what are the top tips that you give to new condo investors from your experience? Because I'm sure you've had some, some big wins. And, you know, over the years, maybe you've had some not so big wins. Like, what, what do you look for when you're looking to invest in a condo?
1: Well, one thing I don't look at is price per square foot. Because it really does not matter uh, in the resale market or what we call the end user market, they don't look at that. All mm. they look at is when they go in, how does it feel? Do I like it or do I not? So I would, you know, buy something where you know not only do you look at the plan and the plan looks good, but at the same time, what is the feeling that you're gonna get when you walk into this place four years later?
0: Yeah, that's it. that's. That's awesome. Um, that's something I talk about a lot as well. Is just, and that's something you, if you're new, especially to investing, it's very hard to get a sense of just looking at a floor plan, isn't it? You really have to have experience in the market, and and you have to have been in physically, been in a lot of condos, and and uh, and so obviously that's where relying on, you know, people who've got that experience really comes in for the new investor, isn't it? Yeah, like
1: like just because. The, uh, the layout looks square doesn't mean that it's the best layout.
0: Right. You know, you got to just look, because the, the price per square foot is low doesn't mean it's a good buy.
1: Correct. You know, so you have to look at the feeling of when you go in. Also, keep in mind of your own personal strategy, right? It's not always... You know, you have to look at the time frame of your investment. Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 10, 20 years? So it changes. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're looking for a long-term hold, yeah, you know, it's okay not to have... A great view because you're gonna be looking at a long-term rental and your performance better right right so versus if you want like something a like a quick flip a quick sell then you would look for something with a, a better view right just because you know somebody can see it they feel it they like it a little bit more and uh you'll probably your perf- your rental performance not as strong but it's uh it's an easier exit
0: hmm that's a good point so in terms of your preference, do you, for your own investment and your family's investments, do you tend to go for like the lower floor stuff uh, that's cheaper, that's going to give you better cash flow return on investment or do you tend to go for the higher floor, better view, more premium type uh, units that are are going to give you that appreciation and, and ability to flip quicker?
1: Uh, well, in the market today, I would you know, find specific projects and really take whatever I can get right. at this time, right? <laughs> but, uh,
0: because the market is, is so hot, you mean, and it's, it's just, it's, yeah. it's so competitive to get anything in today's market.
1: Correct. So I would really go with anything I can get in today's market. But if, if I had a choice, right. then again, it goes back to the question of how long I'm holding it for. Right. Right. So, you know, like, uh, like the high floors are great uh because you get views and all that, but you're also paying a premium for it. So it depends on again it depends on your like what you're looking for uh for your investment. If it's a long term hold, then I would go with a low floor. Mm-hmm. If it's a if it's a if you want an easier exit strategy, I would go with a high floor.
0: You mentioned uh price per square foot as as one of the mistakes that a lot of first time investors fall into, the trap of uh just looking at price per square foot as the determination of whether to buy or not um, are there any other mistakes that you see a lot of first-timers making in the market or is, is there something else that you think of um, in terms of this is what you should not do when you're investing
1: uh, looking for deals at five and ten percent down. Hmm. you know because whenever you look for deals at five or ten percent down uh, usually construction has already started right so your time frame of, you know, let's say four years has all of a sudden cut down to two. Right. So with two years, uh, and you only put 5% down, you still have to put in the other 15% on closing within two years. Which is coming up fast. Coming up fast, right? And two years is really not a long enough time for a real estate investment to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, so... um, If you're looking for a quick flip.
0: Correct. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah,
1: for long term... It's, it's very good to put 5 to 10% mm-hmm. down, but if you're looking for a quick flip, uh, definitely it's about Right.
0: It. Yeah, it's certainly a lot of investors will say, you know, find me something with 5% down. Well, first of all, they're extremely hard to find. But second of all, like you said, they're usually when the building is already well under construction, it's almost completed. So you don't have that uh, luxury of time to, to see your investment appreciate. Um, the market's hot. It's crazy hot right now. What... What has surprised you most about the market, say, in the la- you know, over the last year, over the last few months? What's, what's been the biggest surprise for you about this market we're in right now?
1: Uh, the biggest surprise is probably for me, uh, not only the the prices going up in resale and pre-construction, uh, but also the rental rates are continuing to grow. So usually, you know, in a typical market, you know, there's always a balance, I always say, right? Like, like, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I like the force. Okay. Right? So there's always <laughs> nice. a balance, right? So yeah. if, you know, I always tell people, uh, if the market ever goes down, then the rental rates go up because there's less buyers and more renters. Right. And vice versa. But now they're both going up at the same time. And the only theory for that is because Toronto's growing as a city, you know, so we, you know, we have about 150,000 people coming into the city every year. And that's only from... Immigrants. That's not including people coming from Waterloo, London, North Bay, and and, and their kids all coming into the city. Mm-hmm. So in so in my experience, like as long as the Toronto population continues to grow, your real estate investment is very very strong in Toronto. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's it has been unusual, like you said, that uh, the rental rates and the resale the prices have been going up both sort of together over the past year whereas like you said usually it's an inverse relationship like if if the mark if the resales are doing really really well rental prices tend to flatten out as as more people stop renting and start buying and vice versa but now both of them are just you know going up by double digits at the moment um great if you're an investor. Uh, it's very hard if you're new and trying to get into the market, that's for sure. Um, where do you see the market going sort of for the rest of 2017? Like, Can this continue or are we uh, is it just gone too high too much and it's it's bound to slow down or will this continue or where do you see things going?
1: Uh, I, I, I see it continuing to grow because the demand is just there. If you look at uh, Urban Nation came up with some numbers of Q3 and Q4 uh, of last year, and uh, there's really no supply. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, not only in the pre-construction market, but in the resale market, there's very little supply. You know, uh, anything that comes out is going over asking in condos, which is unheard of for a few years now. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, actually what you should look at in the marketplaces, you will notice that things between 600,000 and 800,000 is very rare. So buying something in that price point is good because it it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the past 10 years, everybody was buying small, one bedroom, one plus 10. So the trend going bigger now is is not only real in the pre-construction market, but it's real in the resale market.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and certainly something we've been talking about a lot on the podcast is that trend towards the bigger suites and, yeah, that... Six hundred thousand eight hundred thousand that sort of price range uh is pretty much the hottest segment of the market right now if you're uh, if you're looking for a you know eight hundred nine hundred ish square foot unit in the resale market good luck i mean it's uh it's bidding wars everywhere There's, and that's on the rental side as well um it's It's just very hard to find that product right now um w- would you say it's that the is it slowing down for the smaller stuff or is it just
1: no because there's always there's still demand to live mm-hmm. right so people coming into the city they do if they're first time here like students or even um even uh first careers right working at the the big banks and all that or lawyers they can only afford a one bedroom mm-hmm. so that's what they will live in and again society is changing you know so you know, people that are starting at the bottom jobs, you know, they still want to live by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they can't afford it, mommy and daddy can. And that's just society mm-hmm. these days, you know. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up myself and I used to walk to school when I was five by myself, 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. To Orchard yeah. Street Public School. actually. Wow. So and then now it's like you better drive your kids to school until they until they're fifteen. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: you know, like again, society is changing, and yeah. and and the kids, you know, younger people are more privileged, right? And um, they want to live in this one bedroom or one plus ten, right? Uh, sometimes they live in a one plus ten and they share with a friend. Mm-hmm. So the smaller product is still very popular. Right. The bigger product is mo- is is for a new demographic that's coming into the city, which is for families,
0: mm-hmm. or especially the people can't afford a house correct they're, they're saying well let's let's look at two bedrooms instead um, let's shift gears now and talk about uh, this new project that obviously you're working on time and space condominiums by Pemberton um, why don't you share sort of I know the it's early stages of the project and it's not officially launching for quite some time yet but um, what are some of the key highlights of the project that you'd like to um point out specifically to condo investors who are looking for um places to invest what what are the, what are the key points of the project in your opinion that that are worth highlighting
1: okay well first of all this this project is is fully approved so uh that's a very important thing to me at least
0: and why um, is that maybe ex- i know what you mean but maybe explain for the the newbie Project is fully approved, and that's important. What do you mean by that exactly?
1: Like, uh, there's you know uh, the the bylaws in in Ontario um, allows developers to sell before fully approved, before being fully approved, right? Whether it's a design or you know unit counts or multiple things like this, the 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 legislation allows it. So there's been times when buildings are you know as a as an investor you buy a unit, yeah. Next thing you know, the builder comes back to you and says you know what, um, you know, we change the designs. So do you want this new design at right. a discount price or an increased price, like depending on the situation, right? If it gets larger or smaller and then, you know, it's you. It's a riskier. It's riskier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus something that's fully approved. You know, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so there's a little bit more confident in that. Right. Yeah.
0: And my understanding is Pemberton's actually been working on the approvals and zoning for this site for quite a long time, haven't they?
1: Yeah. Uh, Pemberton only sells fully approved sites.
0: and this is, But it's been, uh, it's been a couple of years they've been going through the approvals process, so it's really, really solid at this point, I guess you could say. And from the approval standpoint, the building's good to go, so that's always uh, reassuring for the investor. Um, what else? What are, the, what are the key points of the project?
1: Well, um, as far as the amenities, we are one of the um, we are one of the only condominiums out there right now that we're going to be offering an outdoor swimming pool. So that's very rare in the market today, as you know. Most condominiums don't uh, have swimming pools mm-hmm. uh, because of maintenance fees costs, but uh, we have a master plan project of about 1,700 units, just shy of it. Wow! So because of the size of it, we're we're able to offer these great amenities. We actually have two exercise rooms, two yoga studios, two saunas, two, you know. Two of everything. Two of everything, really, <laughs> two theaters. And, right. And we even have like a basketball court where you can use it for volleyball and badminton. Wow. Uh, so you can consider it full size. Kids play area. We're going to have commercial and ground floor. It's really, really a master plan. I mean, the lot is all the way from front to Esplanade and from Sherborne to Princess. So it's an entire city block. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, we are building a community in the Saint Lawrence Market area.
0: Right. It's really uh, it's a really unique project, like like you said, taking up an entire city blocks, did you say seven almost seventeen hundred units in total? Yes. So it's how many buildings really is it? It's not one building with seventeen hundred units, is it?
1: It's uh four buildings. Uh, the first launch will be the northeast and the second launch will be northwest. Okay. And then we have the two south towers that are coming later on.
0: Okay. And what other components? I understand there's uh, there's some park space as well planned. Yep.
1: So on the south side between the two south towers, we're going build, to be building our own park. And then south of Espinod is actually a park from Jarvis that goes all the way to Parliament. It's a strip of park.
0: Right, right. Yeah. There's, and, then,
1: there's... and then less than a five minute walk, you can walk. Um, to Sherborne Commons, which is right by the water, and that's just around from Sugar Beach. So, uh, within 10 minutes, you do have a lot, a lot of park space.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you talk to us about the east side of downtown? So the projects out front in Sherborne. I mean, uh, I know you've got a lot of experience in this neighborhood, having sold there. Uh, I think you, you've even lived in the area as well. Um, yes. What What would you say about this area in terms of where it's come from and where it's going?
1: Well, I mean, none of Toronto was really that popular back then. I mean, you can even look back at uh, King and Spadina twenty years ago. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't wait for the streetcar there. Right. Right. But <laughs> look at it now. Yeah. Right. So whatever's happening to the west will happen to the east. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Yonge Street is the core. Right. So everything goes along Yonge Street. Now, Sherbourne is only it's like a ten minute walk to Yonge. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh we're very, very well priced compared to the West. The West, you know, ten minute walk is, is Spadina, but you know, Spadina versus Sherborne, it's probably a ten percent difference in prices. In prices. Right. So in that sense, you know, there's a lot more growth potential in the east side.
0: Right, right. Potential's yeah. there. And if in you in terms look of at, a neighborhood to li- I think have you lived in, I think you have lived in the area as well. Yeah, I actually okay. live there now. Oh, you're there now, yeah. So it yeah. just Curious, like your personal take on Mm -hmm. living in the area, like what as a neighborhood. So what I like
1: about living there is um it's a little bit more quieter than the West. Mm -hmm. The West, uh no offense to the West West people residents, it's uh it's a little bit rowdier. There's a little bit more parties going on. Uh there are more restaurants and bars and all that, uh, which is great for lifestyle at the same time. Yeah. Right. The east is a little bit more calm. Yeah. Um in my building, the main demographic is usually from 30 to 45 uh versus when I used to live in the West, it was more it was much younger. Right. When I, we used to live in the West, it was more like most people were like twenty five to thirty. Right.
0: Five. Right.
1: Versus the East, you know, it's a little bit older demographic, which means it's quieter, you know, um and uh, people are more respectful.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a bit a bit of a different crowd from the West side. Um uh in terms of buying into like you touched on it a little bit but maybe just expand on this idea of like as an investor what's the advantages of buying into a a master planned you know multi-phased community with in this case you know 16 1700 units what are the advantages to the investor of, of buying into a project like this versus your standard run-of-the-mill 300 to 400 unit building
1: well well, first of all whenever there's a size whenever there's a building of this size uh, builders always need to secure their project. So the first thing they do is release, you know, the first portion of it at a very competitive price. Mm-hmm. And, and once they get to the sales target that they need to construct, then they start increasing pricing slowly mm-hmm. uh, depending on the market, of course. Um, so if you are able to get into the first batch, then the the developer themselves will help you increase price.
0: right so yeah if 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 you've got a if you have a big project with a lot of units uh you're going to see price appreciation right away if you're if you're getting in the first uh group of units to be sold
1: 100% yeah.
0: yeah yeah so there's there's great opportunity there for the investor but in terms of uh i guess amenities is the other big one you touched on as well having you know, a lot of people are saying, I don't want to buy in a building with a lot of amenities or swimming pool and stuff like this. But
1: but your maintenance fees are, are probably more, much more affordable. It's less likely for it to increase.
0: Because uh, there's so many units. It's the, the cost of maintaining correct. a swimming pool and so on for a small building is huge. But for a big building like this, is, per unit is very small.
1: Correct. Like, for instance, like concierge service. It's very popular in the condominium world. People don't buy if there's no concierge a lot of time, so but a 24 hour concierge is going to cost you, you know, 240 to 300 thousand. It's a standard fee. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the three full full-time concierge, part-time pay. Uh, you have you know all this overtime pay, this and that. So the cost doesn't change, but if you have more people sharing the cost, obviously it's going to be less per um, unit. Per unit. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the advantage of living in a master plan community.
0: And 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 renters obviously love amenities, right? They they if you're a renter, if you're going to pay 2000 bucks a month, you'd rather have a lot of amenities than no amenities for most people.
1: Correct. And also lifestyle is uh important to to live in a bigger building. We 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 do have commercial on the ground floor too. So that is going to help the community grow um more amenities so uh, there's, there's probably going to be a dental office and all that in the future. Uh, that's what Pemberton likes to do.
0: Right. So you yeah. got. Uh, do you know approximately what the square footage of the uh, of the retail space is in the building? I, I don't Any idea or how I, big it is. The scale of it.
1: I, I don't really have the the size of it, but it's it's definitely over ten thousand square feet. Yeah. A retail.
0: Right. Pretty significant. Um, what about Pemberton? What uh, what what do we need to know about Pemberton? As a builder, um, you talked about the fact that they, the building's all zoned and approved, and, and that's the type of builder they are. They're, they don't sell projects that are not approved yet. Um, what else should we know about Pemberton in, in terms of buying from them?
1: So so they, they, um, they have their own typical standards, right, which is a little bit higher than uh, most other builders. I wouldn't say all, but, you know, uh, and they have their own personal you know, thoughts of what should be in a home. So for instance, in your bedroom, they have, they have a light fixture. I know it sounds weird that, you know, there may not be, but in a lot of condos, that's not standard. Right. Right. Uh, number two, uh, every single unit is actually feet high ceiling, smooth ceilings uh, because they actually own the drywall company. Wow. You know, the, the company that is, is, is building is called Saddlebroke they own that too. So everything is more or less done in-house. Right. So you can expect the quality control to be better. Uh, At the same time, I'm not sure if they'll allow it for this project, but they do have a decor home uh, that's up in Woodbridge somewhere. And uh, they do allow upgrades for certain projects. Mm -hmm. So not all builders will allow this. Right. Yeah. But they're willing to work with people and really give them a home. Mm
0: -hmm. In terms of, I mean, probably a lot of people have heard of Pemberton and and seen a lot of their projects. But for those who haven't, um, give us a sense of like, like the size, the, you know, the history and the size of the company. Like,
1: well, um, they are one of the biggest builders in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've probably been around for about seventy years, around seventy years. Family
0: builders, multi generations.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, they and they own. Quite a bit of land, and they they have a lot of projects coming on. They own golf courses up in Woodbridge and all that. So
0: they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) They've been around forever, and they're gonna continue to be there long after uh, the purchase is made. If you're an investor, Um, and obviously they built thousands and thousands of condos, which is huge, because a lot of builders out there nowadays um, that you're buying from they don't have that track record. And
1: well, I mean, what another important thing in my eyes too is. If you actually go to their older sites, things are five years old, six years old, I still see the Pemberton truck there once in a while. So that means they're still servicing their older sites for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, even after the fact.
0: Right, right.
1: So that is important to me, too. Um, that's, you know, they're, they're still servicing what they built.
0: Right. Service what they sell. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, as opposed to sell it, finish it. Get the heck out of there. Move on to the next one. See ya. Forget it. Which is what a lot of smaller builders do, because they just don't have the resources or, you know, the staff to, to keep up with with things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great, Brian. Is there anything else uh, about yourself or about this project, Time and Space Condos, that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Um. No, I think uh, we, we've we touched base
1: on most things that we needed to. I mean, the, the location is, you know, front in Sherbourne. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people know that it's very close to St. Lawrence Market, which is mm-hmm. uh, one of the historical markets in Toronto. It's the oldest one. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually call it Old Toronto. Yeah. And it's a fantastic neighborhood. 15 minutes walking to the core. Uh, and, you know, looking forward to seeing uh, yourself, Andrew, and your clients uh, at our office. So...
0: Great. I that's it. Awesome. I am looking forward to it very much as well. Um, Brian, thank you so much um, for your time today. And hopefully we'll have you again on the show, I'm sure, for other projects in the future. No problem. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to the True Condos podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.